Hello, all you cinephiles, cinefreaks, and cinemaniacs. Welcome to our very first episode of Cinema Smackdown. My name is Tyler. And I'm Greg. And we are obsessed with movies. That's right. We are so obsessed that we just had to go and make our own podcast about it. So here's how it's going to work. In each episode, we'll take two similar movies and pit them against each other in a fight for ultimate, ultimate glory. Two films enter, and two films leave. But in the meantime, we'll desperately try to answer the question, which one's better? In today's episode, we have the battle of 80s childhood nostalgia. A friendly alien versus pirate's treasure. Reese's Pieces versus Baby Ruth. Phoning home versus saving home. That's right, it's E.T. the Extraterrestrial versus the Goonies. have a fucking doozy yeah we've got a great episode An amazing episode we've got et versus the, the goonies. goonies oh boy yeah you know these movies they seem pretty similar but when i watched them back to back i realized they're, they're actually pretty different they're very different yeah i mean they're both 80s childhood spielberg they, they, movies, they but... encapsulate the 80s both of them and you know one's a comedy one's a drama is That's the biggest true. difference yeah. to me I guess let's let's start talking about E.T. Okay, yeah. Shall we? Yeah, let, tell me a little bit about E.T. I want to know a little bit more about that movie that I, I don't know a lot well, about. Well, I think everyone has probably seen this movie, right? We all know it. it it's a, Everyone. It's a tale as old as time. You know, you've got boy meets alien. Yep. Alien meets boy. Alien befriends boy. Alien teaches boy the true meaning of love and acceptance. Tale as old as time. That is E.T., baby. Yep. You know, I want to talk about some things that we don't know about E.T. Wait, whoa. Who he is, where he comes from, what his real name is? Throw it at me, please, Okay, sir. so his name's not E.T., obviously. That's just what they call him, That's right? That's the title of the his, movie. His real name is Zrek. Whoa! Z-R-E-C-K, Zrek. I'm going to name my second child that. Why not your first? Because I have one already, and her name is Evelyn. You could, I mean, she's, what, less than a year old? You could change it. I'll make her second middle name. She won't even know the difference. You could change your name. <laughs> you know how hard that is to do on a birth certificate? Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. Shrek. Okay, so Shrek, the real Shrek, the yes. one and only, <laughs> which, I'm also, I'm so glad that's never mentioned in the movie. It's never. a dumb name. It's a dumb name. Shrek. It's like Shrek. Zrek comes from the green planet. Ah, like Shrek. Like Shrek. <laughs> and Zrek's species, unlike Shrek, uh, is not a mammal, not an animal of any kind. They are actually plants. Whoa. They're not, really? Yeah, they are plants, and they are gender neutral. They have no Where gender. Where are you getting this information from? It's canon. It's canon. Really? You know how, like, Star Wars, they add all this stuff in the history of all the background of these characters that's hardly ever mentioned in the movies? That's true. Same thing with E.T. There's... A bunch of different storybooks that have gone into it, different graphic novels and such. There's actually the E.T. Amazing video games. Video games. 
the E.T. ride at Universal, which I don't think still exists. It was amazing, though. Uh, I it, it actually gets into some of this. His his oh, It whoa. takes place on his home planet. That's why it's funny to me, you know, in the scene when, when Elliot freaks out that Gertie dresses E.T. up like a girl. And he, like, rolls his eyes like, oh, man, what are you doing? Yeah. It's like, chill out, bro. It, it, it's don't put your labels on me <laughs> how progressive for a yeah for an 80s movie yeah so more about zrek uh <laughs> just real quick they are plants as we know yes and that actually makes zrek's title back home all the more impressive title is doctor of botany whoa that's what zrek does et <laughs> this is crazy that this yeah. exists <laughs> and and uh, E.T. slash Zrek is actually one of the most renowned, famous doctors slash scientists back home. That's so, you know, it's like when they leave Zrek on Earth, it's it would be like, I don't mean, I don't know who is our most famous scientist now, but it, it would... Dr. Fauci? I, yeah, I guess Fauci, yeah. It'd be like, it'd be like leaving Fauci behind. Yeah. Like, no, what are we doing? What are we doing? We need him. Actually, that makes plenty of sense because Fauci is knows the human body and being a botanist and they are plants et knows their bodies the yeah. best like he is the fauci yeah that's a great comparison yeah I you know i thought about, about it off the top of my head <laughs> it's pretty good that's uh so knowing his history let's get a little bit into what could have been his possible future oh fuck yes yeah so a lot of people don't know this maybe some do there was a sequel in the works to E.T. It was called E.T. 2 Nocturnal Fears. That sounds like a porno. Yeah, I guess. Nocturnal or, or just, Fears? Or a really bad, yeah, nocturnal arousal. Fears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this movie is really, really dumb that they were they were pitching. Basically, p- pitch it to me like I'm I'm the studio exec and you're the person pitching me the movie. Um, hello, my name is Steven Spielberg. Uh, did I say you could sit down? I'm Steven fucking Spielberg. That's right. Your name is Steven Spielberg. I think I call the shots around here Universal, okay? (laughs) All right, Mr. Universal. The name's Spielberg, all right? See, Steven Spielberg. I'm so sorry. I got this movie, see? It's a sequel. You wanted one so bad? Well, I went ahead, I wrote a treatment that's so bad that you're gonna have to say no. Uh, I'm still probably gonna say yes. That's actually what I think Spielberg did. I think he purposely made this really bad, because this is what happens. Basically, there is a a mutated evil version of E.T.'s species. Like, they have cousins that are carnivorous and evil, and they have red glowing eyes. They're same species, but just a little different. They come to Earth. They kidnap Elliot in the gang. They torture Elliot in the gang for information because there's, like, this whole war going on between the two factions, and somehow these Earthling children are important (laughs) in this war on another planet. Of course they are. They're Earthlings. So they kidnap, and most of the movie is just Elliot being brutally tortured. They just completely abandon the family atmosphere and turn it into a a sci-fi horror movie. I feel like a lot of Spielberg movies, like, try to go into horror and then he's like no i think i might try and make this a little bit more family like when he when he st- when he did gremlins that movie was also yeah uh supposed to be like very horrific very violent and he was like hey you know i'm producer on this uh let's go in here and make this a little bit more family friendly yeah which is is interesting that he like kind of has always loved that horror genre but then kind of goes back and tries to make it more family friendly yeah a lot i of mean his movies his first big movie is a horror movie that's also somehow kind of family friendly yeah jaws yeah yeah 
Uh, I guess it's time for me to get into The Goonies, which is about a group of young misfits called The Goonies discover an ancient map and set out on an adventure to find a legendary pirate's long-lost treasure. Ooh. Whose name is One-Eyed Willie, which is just hilarious. It's just a, a running penis joke. That's a penis joke if I've ever heard one. Yeah, it sure is. <laughs> it sure is. It's, they keep saying it, too. Every time, I'm like, you know, it's, there's really earnest moments. One-Eyed Willie. One-Eyed Willie. From... You're like, what? Uh, so I'm just going to share some facts that you probably didn't know about the Goonies. Um, we'll see about that. You don't know what I know. <laughs> well, one thing. Richard Donner was behind the scenes. Chunk, he got the ice cream taken away from him, which is one of the funniest scenes in the movie. Uh, Richard Donner off screen started laughing. And you can actually hear that in the movie. You can oh, hear him laughing in the movie because it was an improvised moment where he, he grabbed the spoon and tried to lick it. Oh. And they took that away and he starts crying. That... And Richard Donner thought that was so funny. But they left it in the movie that he's laughing, so you can definitely hear it. I mean, that I kind of love that. It's it's so. It's I mean, just one of my... I guess unprofessional to leave it in the movie, but I I don't know. It's kind of charming. It's just such a genuine moment that I yeah. think that they were like, it doesn't matter that I'm laughing. Yeah, like this is hilarious that this little kid is crying that he can't get his ice cream. And you know, when you think about it, that's what these movies are really about. Yeah, the sadness of life, and then bringing it back up. <laughs> With the uh, an impossible ending. Yeah, people's homes get foreclosed upon, or a divorce happens, but you know what? Sometimes there's magical treasure. Or, or a penis alien. A, a penis alien? Yeah, that, that, that alien, I mean, E.T. looks like a penis. What? <laughs> he looks like a penis! I think if... His neck gets all erect and... It's... If if your penis looks like E.T., you should get your penis examined. Wait, your penis doesn't look like E.T.? I will say... <laughs> I will say my penis is adorable and it's very endearing and it's got stubby little legs. All right, it's got enough. a neck that extends. We're done. And it's got these beautiful blue glass eyes. <laughs> Back to the facts about the Goonies. Uh, one of the most interesting facts is that the producer Steven Spielberg directed at least one scene in that movie. But we don't know what it is. He's never said? No, he's never said. I what mean, do you th- what do you think it is? If I had... think it's the beginning scene with the where the penis falls. <laughs> oh man, you and penis. <laughs> where the penis falls off of the statue. No, of but David? seriously, do you really think? That's I really the scene? think that's the scene. I I think that it's. If I had to guess, it would be towards the end, the magical moments when he's inside the pirate ship facing One Eyed Willie's with skeleton. And the more intimate scene. It, it feels very, that feels more Spielbergian to me, very magical, very wondrous. I don't yeah. know. Anyway, so up next on Penis Podcast 2020. <laughs> All right, so those are some facts about the Goonies. Um, so I guess now we're going to talk about which one, which one are you going to take? You know, when you, when you first brought up the idea of doing this episode specifically <laughs> as the first one, I was. At first, a little surprised because, like, yeah, they're both 80s kids movies with the Spielberg touch, but to me, they feel so different and not even in the same league. I think E.T. is so much better than Goonies. You're so wrong. Like, like Goonies is great, but it doesn't have that attention to detail. It's, it isn't as as beautifully shot or scored. I, I agree with you. I think that the, the score 
of E.T. really, really lifts that movie into another level. I think yeah. that John Williams score, that is probably top four John Williams, top three John top, Williams yeah. scores that I've ever heard. Star Wars, Indiana Jones, E.T. Yep. I'd put those above anything else he's ever done. Yeah, and I think that that, like what happened in Jaws, elevated it from just like a normal kids movie into like this epic, amazing story drama. Yeah, I mean... Think about how much better Goonies would be if John Williams was scoring. Holy it. shit, man. <laughs> and not Cindy Lauper? I don't know. She, <laughs> Cindy Lauper did the score of the Goonies. <laughs> yep. She that's, had a full on orchestra. That's another fact check for later on in the show. <laughs> no, she did do a song called The Goonies Are Good Enough. Yeah, and it's great. Um I I will say that my childhood has a lot to do with why I love the Goonies a little bit more than E.T. Growing up. I was obsessed with adventure films. Mm-hmm. I loved Indiana Jones. Oh, like, yeah. I'm talking like I had the hat, I had the whip, Same. everything. Same. I have pictures and yeah. videos. Yeah, I, I dressed up as him every Halloween. I was obsessed with Jurassic Park. I I wanted to be an archaeologist for like seven years. <laughs> Sorry, paleontologist for seven years. Get it right. Oh, man, that's just embarrassed my it's younger your, self. It's your career. <laughs> you should know what your career is. Um, So I think that's... That's a big reason why the Goonies clicks a little bit more for me is like it's this adventure yeah. movie that feels very Indiana Jones for kids. Yeah. So it was like it was perfect when I was like six. I saw Goonies for the first time and I was like, this is awesome. Like they're going to find this treasure and there's these people chasing them and they're saying the word shit like a bunch of times. <laughs> That's crazy awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I thought I loved E.T. Yeah. I, I thought it was great, but it's it it drags a little bit. It's a little really? bit slower, and that's might be because it's a drama and not a comedy. Well, sure, yeah, it's different pacing for sure. Yeah. I mean, like one of the things that that kind of irks me about about Goonies, and I guess it's just because it is a comedy and it is so eighties, but it feels very ADD to me. Like the kids are so frenetic and so talking over each but other. That's what kids are. That's they how kids absolutely, are. absolutely. But sometimes it just gives me a headache as a viewer. You know, uh, I don't know. And again, that is a difference: drama versus comedy pacing. These things are kind of apples and oranges. I think that that is smartly written dialogue for those particular kids. Yeah, I think that it feels very improvised and it feels like they're on top of each other. And I think that makes it more organic to watch. Yeah. I agree with you that sometimes it can be, it's like watching an always sunny episode. Like they're always yelling. Right. Right. And you're like, stop yelling at each other, but you still love the show. Yeah. And, and I don't mean to be too harsh. I, it's not like I'm like sitting there with earplugs in like, Oh God, I can't stand the banter. (laughs) Most of it is very charming. I think it's maybe, I don't know, just after an hour or so of it. And, I, I have no idea. To me, I feel like E.T. does have a little bit more attention to detail and it strives for authenticity just a little bit more. And I know it's a fantasy sci-fi, so it's obviously not real, but it feels just a little bit like it's it's striving for realism just a little bit more than Goonies. Goonies is more slapstick, a little bit more cartoony, sure, right? But, but I think if you're a kid watching the Goonies and watching E.T., you're going to feel a little bit more connected to the Goonies just because yeah. it has that slapstick, that comedy, that... But it still has those heartfelt moments that E.T. has. Right. I mean, you're still dealing with very mature themes in that you're losing your house, you're losing your friends. Yeah. Like, you're having to move away. Um, I mean, it, it, still, it still has those themes. It just does it in a more fun way, in a more, um, like, kid, I guess, kid-friendly way. Yeah. And... 
I think that's what makes Goonies so fun and probably makes it more nostalgic for me than than E.T. is that like I that makes me remember being a kid. Well, you and you enjoyed it as a kid yes. more than E.T. Mm-hmm. as a kid. That's a big difference. Because E.T. was boring. I, I what is as, boring about E.T.? I, it's just it. It drags a little bit in the middle. What I think. part? Like when he's liberating the frogs or yes, when think... Gertie's teaching him? That, that's boring to you? I mean, come on. Like him getting drunk and watching cartoons all day. That's my favorite E.T. That takes so long and we get it. What do you mean? It's 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 establishing the telepathic bond that him and Elliot have. Without those moments, you don't have him learning to speak. Gertie teaches him that. You don't have him building his radio device so that he can actually get home the whole climax of the movie. You don't have uh, the understanding that he has a telepathic connection with Elliot. You don't have the charmingness of both of them being drunk. Elliot in school freeing the frogs, which is amazing. The frog liberation. So many more frogs than what's actually in that classroom. By sure, the way. yeah, it's heightened reality. Yeah. It's it's a family. It's Spielberg. <laughs> Spielberg is not always, you know, like he strives for realism maybe in E.T. But yeah, it's, it's yeah. I, I, I just, I think as a kid watching that, I was like, all right, like, let's get something going here. I don't want to just watch this alien eat food and drink beer and watch TV. I, My dad does that. I think you've been so conditioned to modern movie pacing for kids' <laughs> movies and, and what what would be an adventure movie and even Goonies pacing that you can't stand a movie that's, like, 40 years old being a little bit slower, taking its time, which to me is some of the charm. You, you let the story unfold, the... the characters and the story has to me more time to breathe than in the goonies um i think the cast in goonies is a little bit better than in et oh i there's more of them i'll give you that i'm just saying like it's more of an ensemble you got all these awesome kid actors you got Corey feldman you got sean astin you have josh brolin for the first time chunk the guy who plays chunk that the comedic timing of that kid is impeccable he's great it's incredible he's great of course there's going to be better comedy and comedic timing in a comedy the fratellis drama. the fratellis here's the thing we're again getting to apples versus orange territory because et is about an alienated boy meeting a boyish alien it's supposed to be a very isolated story of just the boy and his alien you could say et is about finding his friend and and the goonies is about not losing your friend. I think E.T. is about empathy and Goonies is about friendship. And in doing so, it's going to be more of an ensemble. You're going to have more friends mm-hmm. in Goonies, which, yeah. by the way, another fun fact, the original script for E.T. had Elliot going through all of this with his best friend at his side. And do you know who was going to play his best friend? Corey Feldman. Oh. Corey Feldman of the Goonies. In fact, the reason he's in the Goonies is because he was originally slated to be the best friend in E.T. They wrote him out of that because Spielberg and fellow screenwriter Smart. Melissa Matheson, they decided that Elliot needs to feel alienated. He needs Smart, to feel yeah. alone so he can't have a best friend there the whole time. Plus, Corey Feldman is a little jokey, you know? He is a little, like, tongue-in-cheek, which I think works for the Goonies. Doesn't work for E.T. as much, which is more dramatic and and heartfelt and has that emotional punch. So Spielberg called up Corey Feldman and said, I'm so sorry, kid, you got written out of this, but I'll get you in the next one. And the next one was Goonies. So Corey Feldman is in the Goonies because of E.T. 
That's crazy. Yeah. You know, for me, I think Goonies feels just a little bit more cartoony, which does appeal to the kids. Like, I can see how, especially growing up in the 80s and 90s, as a kid, you want that fast-paced, fun comedy. It might appeal to you more than E.T. I think part of that for me now, watching it as an adult, feels very Scooby-Doo. It feels very... The villains feel very Boris and Natasha, you know? It feels over the top. They're... Like, when they escape from the prison and they do the fuck, the, the line of fire around the prison that anyone could jump over. And they're like, <laughs> we got you, coppers. It's, it's, it's over the top in a way that, you know, you don't really even have villains in E.T., let alone these cartoonish... You do have villains in E.T. You have keys. Until he actually shows up and we see his face and he's just as sweet-natured as, as Elliot, you know, and he says, he came to me too. I've been waiting my whole life since I was a little boy. You realize, oh, this guy that we were afraid of for the first half of the movie is just another, like... But he's still he, keeping E.T. hostage. No, no. At that point, he even lets E.T. escape at the end of the movie. He's standing there with D. Wallace, with, you know, not not calling the other scientists, not calling all the feds. He allows, he, is a, he ends up being a good guy. Yes. We just, he's painted as a villain. It's its like a, a bait and switch. It's that, a twist. That fear of the unknown of, of who right. this, this could be. Right. Um, I mean, we don't even see another adult's face, mm-hmm. the whole movie, aside from the mom, until we see his face. That's yeah. true. I, I, going back, I agree that The Goonies is a little bit more slapstick. It is very much like a, a cartoon in some aspects. Yeah. But I think that it does perfectly when it decides to ground in reality like the scene in the well where where Sean Astin has the monologue about how like we're no one up there like if we yeah. go up there like without this treasure we're never going to see each other again like that yeah. that is some like that's some hard Sean, stuff to take Sean Astin is so good at rallying monologues about friendship <laughs> when you think about that in Lord of the Rings it's so true <laughs> he's he's that's his bread and butter but like just like that that overall meaning of like you're gonna lose your friends if you don't find this treasure like yeah. that's some high stakes and I think that that grounds the comedy of the Goonies very well yes until a second later that moment is undercut by Troy, the jock, wheeling up just the varsity. Goonies! Yeah, and he, he they wheel up the, the varsity letter jacket, laughing to themselves, smirking, thinking they're wheeling up Andy, right? They think they're bringing up a human being. Yeah. When they would know the weight, and it's not until they actually see the letter jacket, they're like, huh, what? Oh, I've been bamboozled. And then it's like, oh, Goonies! I think mean, that's a perfect 80s moment there it feels so unrealistic and so over the top to me it just feels 80s to me it doesn't feel like you don't i don't watch it and i'm like wow he should know how much a human being weighs i'm thinking oh this is that's funny that like they put the jacket on there and it's like her signaling to him like i'm done with you i'm moving on to josh brolin it feels like it's going for funny it just is maybe just so cheesy for me that it does the things like that in the movie Maybe that's why it doesn't connect with me as much as those things just don't make but I don't, me I laugh. I don't think you've said it yet. What? You saw the Goonies at a much later age. That is true. That is true. I, I you know, I grew up with E.T. just the way you grew up with Goonies. I watched it probably for the first time when I was seven and we had a VHS copy that we actually recorded it from a live television broadcast. Perfect. So it, it had, it was a VHS copy, but it had commercials and everything like it's all, great. The, all the burger king commercials. I, well i remember the game boy commercial because oh that was God. really cool 
but yeah, I didn't, I, you know, what's weird is I don't even remember hearing about Goonies until I was maybe 12, 13 years old. And I don't think I what saw shame. it. I don't think I saw it for the first time until I was a, a teenager, like 16, 17. I think, I think that has a lot to say about it. Like, I think that you yeah. not growing up with this movie, however flawed it is. Yeah. I think that it it makes you not appreciate it for what it is. But that brings me back to the nostalgia point. Is it just nostalgia that everyone loves Goonies? Like, I'm, I'm trying to understand. What, there is so much love out there for the Goonies, more than I thought. I thought it would be, like, unanimous when you ask people that E.T. is better than the Goonies. I've asked many people. Turns out that's not true. So I just think the Goonies is a little bit more fun. So people want that fun, especially right now in the time that we're living. Yeah. I think the Goonies is just a little bit more fun. Maybe, yeah, I, you could call it, I guess, fun, more fun, but, like, the magic of E.T. Maybe you don't label the it The magic as fun. of the Goonies? Come on. They come up, uh, upon a pirate ship. And they're like, whoa, look at that, this. That, He's having a conversation moment, with when I and That moment is magical, and there are magical moments. They just feel fewer and far between in the Goonies, whereas, like, even, like, simple zoom-out shots of, like, when Elliot, at the beginning, he first discovered the alien, no one believes him, and he has to go and do the dishes, and we just see a zoom-out shot of the steam rising in a very magical way that steam actually doesn't really rise that way when you're doing the dishes. So kind of like magical realism as the camera zooms out on his wonderment, his his loneliness, while John Williams' score builds up. All those elements come together to just build more magical moments like that, I feel like, in E.T. than in The Goonies. Look, do I think that E.T. is a great movie? Yes. Yeah. I think that it's, it's nearly flawless. And I think Goonies is a great movie. But... For me, I'm going to keep going back to it. My childhood is The Goonies. Mm -hmm. I grew up with The Goonies. I just recently rewatched The Goonies, and I enjoyed myself more than when I watched E.T. Yeah. I'm not saying that I didn't enjoy watching E.T. I do, and I think it's better as an adult. Yeah. But I have that connection to The Goonies that I think I've, I'm just not going to sway my opinion on that. Well, it sounds like we believe the exact opposite that i that's how i feel <laughs> everything you've described about the goonies is how i feel about et versus the goonies yeah. and i don't think we're gonna sway each other's opinion are yeah we? but you did come out of this knowing that more people like the goonies than et than you thought which i was surprised by you know i i thought especially when you look at like box office numbers and just what a match massive cultural tentpole et was mm -hmm. in comparison with the goonies i just assumed it was a given that not only do critics like E.T. better, but that audiences do too. And that, I guess, is not necessarily true. No, they're pretty even. Wow. Neck neck. Wow. It's, I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> well, obviously we have strong opinions on these movies and which one is better. But we'd love to hear what you think. Tweet or Instagram us at Cinema Smackdown and tell us your own opinion. Next time we talk, we shall discuss two-thirds of a superhero trilogy. It's Batman Begins... Versus the Dark Knight. Ooh, very exciting. You yeah. know what, though? Before we leave real quick, I have a special surprise for us because it's our very first episode. Oh, my God. What is this? Yeah, I went ahead. I went ahead and got us a musical guest. Is that who's standing over there? Yeah, in the corner? yeah. These are these two guys over here. So I was like, what the hell? Yeah, they've been very polite, very quiet. So these are a couple friends of mine. Okay. And they just happened to release an album this year in 2020 when not a lot of art is coming out. Yeah. They released this album... You guys should listen to it. It's great. It's so fire. They just happen to have a song on their album. It's called Goonies vs. E.T. That's right? insane. Yeah, so so check it out. They're about to play that song for us right now. These are my good friends. This is Killer Mike and LP, otherwise known as Run the Jewels, 
playing Goonies vs. E.T. Take it away, boys. Baby, if I had another chance, I would give another chance to you. If I make another wish, I'll wish for a wish for you. For you? Hey. One, two. E-Cad, you heard of these lads. The myth that we made a grip, never broke dick. Truly the Cadillac, I had to contract L's on a quick. Stick them up, slick, talking no tricks. That's the funniest shit. Finally, the money up and print on the kid, and the planet hit skits. Living in a valley of flames, like I win. Skyline of blaze, and a bomb rock pick. You don't want to acknowledge the wrong, give a shit, never nigh. You can talk to me fun when I'm gone. Bad news, bearing the law, with big claws, trying to hold a whole lives in his paws and applaud. Swear to God, damn, the whole city, I make a bull man's heart. We got scars for hearts. Shit for eyes, baby, living in a one-chance lot, so I stick to the art. Oh, my God, I'm ultimate. Cash it back, running through bed so I hope it don't crash. And it's all motherfucker, bring it up fast. Be alone, I'm a home and I can and then dash. Fuck y'all got another planet on stash. Far from the fact that the flames are all trash. That is not slow, it is ash. And you gotta know the past, gotta rap. It's a love of all mad, but I promise. Baby, if I had another chance, I would give another chance to you. Ooh. If I make another wish, I'll wish for a wish for you. Put the brass on the magic lamps, damn near rub through. Through. The wish of the wish of the wish of the wish of the chances are that none not coming true.